0: Welcome to ShoeCast, the only podcast in the world where you can align yourself with other people who have the same passion for shoes. Now, let's get right into today's episode. What's up, podcast listeners? Welcome back to another ShoeCast show where we interview and talk about everything related to shoes. Today, we have a special guest called, his name is Zeke, or
1: better known as Zeke Sneaks on Instagram. How's it going, Zeke?
2: Good, good, good. How are you guys doing? We're
1: doing okay, well. Yeah, doing great. So uh, before we get into this, uh, go ahead and just you know tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Okay, perfect. Uh, hey, everybody. Um, I go by Zeke Sneaks. Um, I actually started my first shoe business out um, in my dorm room at Kent State. Uh, it's going on about five years ago, actually. Um, the reason why I started it, I was a sneaker collector. I think by the time I was about 19 years old, I had over 250 shoes in my collection, and I needed actually money to help pay for a study abroad that I wanted to go on um, uh, during my, um, it was at the end of my sophomore year, actually, in college. Uh, this was going to be my first time going out of the country, and I wanted to do a study abroad to England and France. Uh, what was stopping me was just um, how expensive it was. So my grandparents actually gave me the idea to start selling some of my old retro Jordans that I had um, stocked away in their house uh, that was just taking up space uh, so that actually kind of started um, the whole idea of Zeke Sneaks to selling my old shoes out of my dorm room and from there I was able to fund that trip and I actually ended up selling um, probably about 90% of my collection wow. uh, to help with capital in order to build uh, my online business which is Zeke Sneaks um, and I've been doing it ever since and now I, I travel across the country and um, I travel. Um, to, uh also Canada as well for different sneaker shows to promote the business to buy inventory uh, and just to uh to grow the business.
0: Wow. So um you kind of started off that you were 19 and you had over 250 pairs. Um you that's know a lot of shoes. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a crazy amount. Um how did you, you know, find your passion with shoes to even collect that many?
2: So it all started when I was probably about about 11 to 12 years old. Uh, my dad actually um, he was a big sneakerhead he actually um, when he was in high school and college um, he worked at uh, Foot Locker and finish line so um, he was passionate about shoes and that kind of came down to me Um, I remember like when I was a kid he would just give me all the new LeBron's that came out uh, the new Jordan releases uh, and that kind of just like struck my passion uh, once I got to the age of 16, I was actually working at McDonald's. Um, I wasn't old enough to work at Finish Line at the time because they changed it to 18. Uh, so I would just um, use, uh, basically put money aside for my paychecks and just buy sneakers. Uh, once I got to college, I was finally able to get my dream job of just working at a shoe store. And I would just always use my discount. I would use um, my friend's discounts, my manager's discounts, just to continuously buy sneakers (laughs) and it just kind of got to a point where i didn't know what i was going to do with them because i wasn't wearing all of them there was you know certain ones i would wear but there were certain jordans i would just buy two or three of and just stock up um and most of my money went towards that and then it kind of got to a point where i just had too many shoes where they couldn't fit in my dorm room so i had them at my mom's house my dad's house and my grandparents house so i was considered like a hoarder but i knew I could do something with them, you know, if I wasn't going to wear them, right. I, knew I could potentially sell them and make money from them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, on a smaller scale, you know, I kind of did the same thing. I used to work at a uh, at a sneaker, I guess, not technically only a sneaker store, but Hibbet Sports. I was a employee there for a while. So, I mean, I would use my discount constantly to get shoes and stuff like that. But uh, so j- now we're just going to give you a chance to kind of talk about, you know, what if someone were to ask you, what is Zeke Sneaks and what is blue? What is like bl- Blueprint Shop? What would you say to them?
2: OK, well, um, Zeke Sneaks is, is basically uh, just who I am. Um, it was an online business where I utilized um, Instagram and Facebook uh, to promote my passion for sneakers and to help people get sneakers that were either tough to come across or they may have missed out on. Blueprint is a physical store that I actually partnered up uh, with the original owner, Anthony, on. Um, I'm from Cleveland, and I felt like it would be great to have a presence in Cleveland. So uh, Anthony and I, we just came up with the idea to collab where he would take care of the uh, the streetwear for the business, and I would take care of the sneakers. Uh, So with Blueprint, it's more of the physical store that you can shop at, go to, and not just get sneakers, but get a whole outfit
0: oh right um
2: and then Z sneaks is more of the online um traveling to the sneaker shows promoting the online aspect of it where you know if you're looking for something um i have it i can ship it to you or if we don't have it we'll find it for you kind of providing like a um, um a middleman service
1: and just just to clarify so the blueprints you have the clothes but do you do any of the apparel sales online or is that only sneakers
2: Primarily, it's more so sneakers, but we offer apparel online as well. But more so in store, uh, because sometimes you don't really know. To me, like you can, you know, you know your your sneakers, like you know your shoe size. But when it comes to clothes, certain clothes fit differently. uh, So more so, clothes are uh, in store uh, versus online. But we do provide online. You know, if you want to order it or you see something that we post, we can ship it to you.
0: Gotcha. So, is this is this a your full time job?
2: Yes, I actually. Um, after I graduated in uh, sixteen, I worked uh, full time as an accountant. I did that for a year. I was working in internal audited, and it was boring. I did not like it. It was it was a great first job. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the people I worked with. I was gaining experience that uh, was really important, especially with. Like accounting is a building block of business mm-hmm. but it just i wasn't made to you know sit in the office and do tedious work i felt like i needed to do more so i started zeke's needs kind of as a side business but then one day i think it was like a month before i actually um quit i wrote up a two week notice and i was just trying to figure out when was the right time to just do this full time um and one day i finally got the courage to just send that email uh, and now it's going on, it's, all, it's going on almost three years now wow. since That's I've been awesome. doing this full time. <laughs> yep, Live- so um, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, living the dream. You know. Yeah, there you go. I mean, so like you said, you know, it's you had to build up that leap of faith and just decide when you wanted to take it. But, you know, naturally, whenever you're not not originally you know you had experience with Foot Locker and your dad and stuff like that but what were some of the challenges that when you were, when you decided to take on that store yourself and really try and open it up and blow it up and be able to keep the lights on and stuff so you can you know have enough sales to do all that what were some of the challenges that you had when you first started the store
2: primarily with the the store it was more so just making sacrifices um i had graduated from kent state and i was living in akron And when I um, actually opened up uh, the new blueprint store with Anthony um, we moved it to downtown Cleveland because the original blueprint was actually in Cleveland Heights and I was still living in Akron so I would travel back and forth every day I was working at the store at least five times a day so I would travel back and forth I would you know be the first one there and I would be the last one to leave because with you know with starting a new business, you have to put a lot of time and effort in promoting, um, into you know figuring out ways in order to make money. Because there's some days you know you're gonna make money, there's other days that you're not gonna make money. Mm-hmm. So you have to you know strategically plan um, different releases and uh, different ways to attract new customers and to you know promote and boost uh, purchases and sales you know, especially being in the resale market is very volatile. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You never know if something is going to be, you know, um, a hit seller or sometimes, you you know, you may forecast something, you know, incorrectly um, and, you know, you don't want to get stuck with things or sometimes the value of certain shoes may go up and go down. So it was just trying to figure out a good balance. Um, to stay open and just to, to make that sacrifice of you know cutting back on certain expenses, um, I ended up actually moving back to Cleveland because it was a little bit easier uh, with running the store and also looking for employees. Um, so there was this it, it, it still like there was a lot of challenges starting off, but I felt like even as time went on there were still, there's still challenges, even still challenges today, you know, yeah. there's stuff that I can't control. And then there's stuff I can't control as an entrepreneur. Um, so I would feel the main thing was just like being able to make that sacrifice, knowing that, you know, there's no guarantee that, you know, people are going to come into the store and, and buy stuff. You know, there's days that we're going to make money. There's days that we're going to lose money. Um, and I think that was the main thing with starting off. is just kind of being in, you know, getting, uh, in the right mindset to know that you know there it's not going to always be happy days you know just because you're your own boss you know there's a lot of risk that comes with it you know it's it's not always you know the, the fun the limelight of just making money and being able to travel you know really just looking at expenses mm-hmm. um, last year alone I think I traveled probably about 60% of the year and before like i started doing all this traveling for sneaker shows and events i was like really big like okay cool i get to go somewhere new i get to uh um, try new things i get to meet new people i get to try new foods like i'm just thinking about all the good stuff but as i started traveling i got kind of got tired of it because i was burning myself out because it was constantly being on the road driving and flying and um Having to worry about every single expense. You know, I had to really think about and calculate, you know, how much is going to cost for me to get there? How much is going to cost to get inventory there? You know, will I make money at this show? Selling stuff. How much stuff do I have to purchase in order to figure out a break-even point to make the trip worth it? And you know, there was times where I would lose out. You know, I would you know always be positive and think about, okay, well, you know, at least I'm there to promote the business and I make get a, a couple new followers or new clients. But you know, there it was a lot of money coming out. You know, and there's still a lot of money coming out in order to to build the brand.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the name of the game. You know, money. You gotta. You got to provide, you got to travel and stuff to grow the brand, but, you know, it costs a lot and not a lot of people notice that. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes I always like the saying, like, you know, you work 60 hours a week just to make sure you're not working a full-time 40-hour anywhere else. Mm-hmm.
2: That's yeah. true. Very true. Yeah.
0: Um. So moving on. So what would you say one of the best achievements or moments that you could remember from either selling sneakers or, you know, being in the sneaker culture?
2: Hmm. Best moment.
1: Hmm. Or one of your favorites. Uh, would, it doesn't have to be your top favorite. top.
2: Yeah. Okay. I would say the main thing is just uh, just the networking piece. Um, I felt that, like, with selling shoes, you never know who you're going to meet. And I'm blessed to just, uh, to be able to be in a position to, uh, to be able to have, like, a direct impact on people's lives. Because, you know, a lot of people like ourselves, you know, we have different stories with sneakers and how we relate to them. Um, and just from traveling, I've been able to meet all different types of people from all different walks of life uh, and to build um, partners, partnerships and, you know, business relationships and friendships from sneakers. Um, with having the store, I was able to have the opportunity to uh, meet different professional athletes and help personally uh, style them, which was pretty cool. Um, but also just being able to um, be a mentor to different um, kids who are into reselling and just to be able to connect with them and hear their stories when they come into the store to shop I think that's pretty cool and very rewarding um, because I feel like you know um, it's important as you as you grow to share that knowledge to help other people um, and I feel like that, that's a way that it makes me feel good you know if I'm able to help somebody else or put a smile on their face or you know help them um, you know, if they want to get into reselling. Uh, so I think those, that that kind of is like the, the best part of it is just the networking piece.
1: Right, and to play off of that, do you, uh, so what's some of that advice that you do give to some of those, you know, the people that you talked about, mentioned in Helping and stuff like that, you know, what's some advice that you do have for people out there trying to either do what you do or just people, just advice for people that want to get more involved in sneakers?
2: Um, primarily uh, just, To research, to take a risk, you know, don't be scared to take a risk. Uh, Don't be scared to go with your gut Um, and just, you know, do it for the right reasons. You know, if you're passionate about something, don't let anybody stop you from that. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we know we know ourselves best uh, and we know what we're capable of. Um, so I always try to share with people, just, you know, learn from your mistakes because, you know, we're all going to make mistakes, but it's what you learn from it and how you grow from it. And don't be afraid to to ask questions and don't be afraid to put yourself out there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very true. That's wise words from Zeke over here. Getting deep. Thanks. (laughs) Um, so what makes, you know, what makes, I guess, either Zeke Sneaks or the blueprint shop different from other, you know, sellers that do the same thing?
2: Um, let's start with blueprint. Um, I say one thing about blueprint is, you know, we're located in in Cleveland, Ohio, which is kind of like, it's not a big city, but it's not a small city. So it's kind of in the middle. Uh, but we've been able to bring streetwear sneakers, uh, which is a a big city culture, uh, into a a middle, a medium sized city. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel that, you know, bring the New York vibe, LA vibe, Chicago vibes to Cleveland. Um, But at the same time, we are able to connect with different people by, you know, being personable. Um, And also, you know, we understand that these, you know, the sneakers are streetwear, it goes for a certain amount of money. But one thing about us is we're very flexible with our prices. You know, we're open to negotiate. And we take time to really um, learn about our customers. Um, As far as Zeke Sneaks, I feel like Zeke Sneaks is more of, like, is more of a, a movement, you know, it, it's something that, you know, I found passion in and I felt like it was a um, a gateway for me to get into uh, being my own entrepreneur and having my own business, you know? Um, and I felt like z Sneaks um, has been kind of more, it, it, it's, it's very unique because I feel like I'm able to relate to different people. You know, no, my, no matter who you are, I can find a way to relate to you. You know, I started from just my dorm room, you know, mm-hmm. from, just my own sneakers and I've been building it, but I I feel that, you know, I'm not at the point where I've I've reached my highest potential. I feel like there's still a lot that I'm learning a lot that I'm growing. And I still feel like I'm still in the beginning phase, even though I've accomplished a lot in such uh, a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. I feel that, you know, I still can relate to people. Like I'm just, you know, I'm a normal person, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, survive and trying to, to build. So you know, I, I feel like I can relate to people from a standpoint of, you know, I'm just, I am just had an idea. I was able to uh, find what works for me, learn from my mistakes, and build a team around me in order to grow it. So I think that's kind of what sets a, a, the blueprint and Zeke Sneaks apart from other brands out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that definitely sounds like you're definitely, you know, you're caring about the customer. And, you know, you're really just trying to make sure that the customer is happy when walking out that door. Um, where do you see either, you know, either your blueprint shop or Zeke sneaks, you know, in the next five years, where do you, like, where do you, where's the goal? What's the goal?
2: Um, the goal I say with like, especially with a blueprint, having that physical store, uh, I would love to have, uh, multiple stores, hopefully in, you know, different parts of the country. Um, as far as Zeke sneaks, I really would like to grow the online business, um, where we're international, where we have a warehouse. Uh, where we're shipping all over um that's that's the main goal. I, I see that in the next five years
1: that's awesome very cool man so uh so here's one thing is when you aren't buying or selling shoes what are some other hobbies that you like to do
2: okay when i'm not buying or selling shoes which is like the majority of my my life so <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it takes up a good a good amount of my life but when i'm not doing that um i'm usually um Uh, working out i I love going to the gym right now it's been tough on me yeah we feel (laughs) Um, that yeah so usually i'm I'm at the gym or um, i'm at the movies i'm a huge movie guy i actually have a amc uh, movie membership so like i go to the movies faithfully three times a week wow Um, so i enjoy doing that you got the reclining theaters there yeah that's a game changer theater yeah it is definitely a game changer ordering food uh, so I'm doing that. Um, I love to travel. Um, I, I love, uh, you know, traveling across the country um, and also international travel. Um, I think, like, it's like, you know, you, you work hard to play hard. So mm-hmm. I, I love doing, you know, going wherever I can, you know, doing outdoor activities, just trying something new. Um, that's what I enjoy doing. That's and, awesome. Um, you know, playing with the dogs, walking them, you know, just anything like outdoor
0: Oh yeah. yeah we're
2: we're big do cool.
0: Yeah. We're big uh we're big dog guys over here as well. So that's cool that's oh, cool nice. to hear. What
2: kind of dogs do you guys
0: have? Um uh, what do you got? You got well, a
1: I have a teddy bear, so he's a small little thing, but yeah, and I yeah, haven't uh, had him for a couple of years. I'm not too sure what he's he's got like a cavalier like King Charles yeah. Spaniel type uh type of dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. a little smaller. Um but uh nice. since
0: since starting you know either zeke sneaks or the um the shoe shop what is your opinion uh on the sneaker culture compared from 2012 uh till now
2: oh man so like when i really got into uh sneaker reselling it was more so towards like the end of like the the dr jordan release hype um mm-hmm. i remember when i first got started like I could do pre-orders on any of the new Jordans coming out every one to two weeks. And like, I would make a profit of like 80 to a hundred dollars on each shoe. And I would have like between 10 to 30 pre-orders every single week. Um, and that was kind of, that was the trend, you know, uh, at that point in time, you know, people would look at prices from flight club and then eBay and then whatever your price was. Right. Um, now it's a lot different. Uh, you know, the Jordan brand has flooded the market with general releases. Now the only shoes that are really reselling right now are um hype collabs, you know, that are very limited to get that are Travis Scott, stuff like that. Travis Scott, yeah, like Travis Scott, yeah. yeah. Virgil off white. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like it is more tough, but I felt like um the market it, it it did like me personally I felt like the market was disrupted, especially by like Golden Stock X. Yeah. But I feel like with anything with with time you have to be able to adjust and have to be able to change the way you do business if you want to, you know, be in it long term. Um, so now we've we've been able to change the way business is done. Uh now it's more of a numbers game. You know, we're we're not trying to make the most money on that one release or that one shoe. Now we're trying to keep prices reasonable in the market but have more of those shoes yeah so now we actually i got more into used shoes um which they're better margins you know Uh, but i do both used and brand new um i don't just do just hype shoes my biggest philosophy is you know everything will sell at the right price uh so it's just basically figuring out um you know margins to pay for things in order to in order to make a profit you know so uh, we do a little bit of everything from from beaters to the Travis Scott and exclusive releases uh, So I feel like in, in now a day and age if you really want to survive You can't just do one thing you can't just do the new joy releases or you can't just do Yeezys, you know Because they're oversaturating the market you have to be you know uh, You have to diversify what you sell, you know, you have mm. to you know, do sneakers do clothing, you know such as like supreme or streetwear, you know be able to uh, cater to your clients, you know, and be able to be reasonable with your prices and flexible because, you know, um, one day um, a, a shoe could go for 500 the next day it could go for 400 So you have to, like, pay attention to that and, you know, know when to hold and know when to let something go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So uh, what would your ideal... What would your ideal shoe collection look like, would you say? Because I know you said there was a time where you had, like, around 250, then you sold a bunch Mm -hmm. of them. I know me personally, I used to have, like, north of 150, and now I'm selling a bunch of mine because I had a bunch of shoes that I bought because they were cheap and not because I really, Mm -hmm. you know, they just sat on the shelf because I'm like, I don't really feel like wearing those today. So what would your ideal Mm -hmm. shoe collection look like, would you say?
2: Right now, I think I'm around 50 pairs, uh, but all my shoes in my collection currently I actually wear. Um, and it, it's a mixture from like, uh, Nike basketball to, um, uh, I do like Yeezys. Um, I like the, the older Adidas Yeezys. Well, I was going to say, uh, so do you, do you cater to a
1: certain brand or are you pretty out there with everything?
2: I'm I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty out there. Like I have some like Asics, um, I have some Adidas, Nikes, um, I have a few Reeboks, um, jordans i'm a huge jordan one fan mm. uh i would say just when it comes to like my collection half of my collection are jordan one <laughs> um that's my favorite silhouette my favorite jordan uh model and it's just comfortable you can dress it up and dress it down um so i i would say yeah the collection is around 50 but it, it is a variety um because i and i like bright colors so there's a lot of bright color shoes a lot of uh what the theme uh sneakers are in oh my collection. for sure for uh, sure um so I like to collect those. Those are like uh, my favorites. Um, so it, I, I try to keep a variety. And then now I, I used to just buy, you know, whatever came out, whatever I saw, I would buy. But now I'm more selective on what I buy, especially with new releases. Um, I'm very selective um, because, like, my main thing now is if I buy it, I want to actually wear it, or I'm I'm buying it to to wear it to promote the the brand, the business, you know. So. Um, and and now I'm getting stuff that at a point in time I, I I wasn't able to afford. You know, so like if it's something very exclusive that I really want, I'll find a way to get it. And I don't mind buying it lightly used because I'm gonna wear it anyways. Right. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i I've kinda like switched up and matured in um my uh collection.
0: So do you say would you say that like fifty pairs is kinda where you wanna sit and or do you wanna grow it to more or do you just wanna what do you Where do you sit in like quantity wise I would say
2: um well, you know it's it's tough to say like I mean, if it's something cool that comes out that I want, I'll buy it, but then again, um, I felt like with me growing my business, mm-hmm. I wanted to become kind of like more like non materialistic and more focused so on like building a business versus like buying right. personal mm-hmm. items for myself. But with shoes, it's just tough. It um, is. I feel like they're investments at the same time. So, like, I'm not going to cap myself, but I am going to limit myself uh, to – I'll probably, you know, try to keep it where I'm only buying maybe one to two shoes every, like, one to three months or so. That's the goal. <laughs> but – Sometimes it doesn't work like that. Yeah, so. sometimes a shoe comes out that yeah, you well, just we'll have
1: see. to see, you know, yeah. that you have to get. We get that.
2: Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Or for you sure. know, I may get a deal that I can't say no to at a show mm-hmm. or something. Exactly. You know, so it's just like, you know, I, I can't really I can't really stand wanna do it because 'cause I'm probably not gonna stick to that. But you know, I can try. But if something nice comes up in my size, you know, eleven and a half or twelve. Then I'm gonna have to just get it. I have to rationalize. Definitely.
1: Right. So now we're, need to buy it. <laughs> now we're going to uh, piggyback off that. So say that. So we asked this to all of our guests. We asked this question: What is your all-time Grail shoe, and do you currently own it?
2: All-time Grail. What time, absolute favorite? A, absolute favorite. Um, I say, I would say, yeah, I do own my um, all-time Grail. Um, 1994 uh, Chicago One. Um, main reason, um, I'm a huge fan of, uh, I was a huge fan of Jordan, a huge fan of Jordan ones. That's the shoe that really got me into reselling. Um, it was my favorite silhouette. I felt like that's just the beginning where it all started. Um, and I was born in 1994. So to be able to have, um, an OG colorway from the year I was born, I thought that was pretty neat. Um, and I actually got that for a good price. That shoe, um, in eleven and a half 11 and a half, worn, I think, values for about between 700 to to 1000 yeah. I actually bought it for $300. Yeah, nice. I bought it for $300. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it actually, um, I can wear it. Like, I, I wear it now, actually. There's no issues of separation or anything. Like, it it was in pristine condition. just might be worn, which... You know, if it was brand new, I wouldn't been able to wear it without it um, falling apart. So, I would say that's that's one of my girls that I'm happy to say is in my collection. That's awesome. Very cool.
0: So, this is going to be the last question of our podcast. And uh, if you could choose, who should we have on our um, next episode of the podcast?
2: Hmm, Next episode. Um, Well, uh, one of my um, business partners, one of my good buddies, Atomic Kicks. I think he would be um, a really um, good candidate to be on your podcast. Okay. Um, his, like, sneaker stories are, are pretty dope, um, and he's really big into traveling uh, to all the different sneaker shows. Yeah. He loves to be interviewed too, so <laughs> Yeah, I
1: mean we're always we're always open to because, you know, we enjoy doing this, like getting to hear about uh, you know, everything that you guys do. But also I feel like it, you know, kinda helps your customers get a better idea of who you guys are and, you know, just kind of what you guys do and what you're about.
2: Most well, definitely, I do
0: agree. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely have to link up with um with uh, Atomic Kicks. We'll definitely get the information For after. Sure. But uh For sure. that's gonna have to wrap up this episode. Thank you. Um, Zeke for coming on if you liked this episode and you feel free to show your support by liking following and subscribing whichever platform you are listening to thanks again for tuning in and we will see you on the next episode peace that's gonna wrap up today's episode on shoecast if you liked the episode and you want to hear more please feel free to subscribe if you want to connect with us on other social medias click the link in the description thank you again for listening and we will see you on the next episode peace